hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey, and welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast, an adulting advice podcast production. I'm Danny Sheriff, and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. Let's dive in. And guys, please remember that I am not a doctor and nothing on this show should be taken as medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician. The HA Society is open today. So if you're listening to this within the first three days that it comes out, you are able to come and join. We are open every new moon for a few days and then we close so I can go and focus on the rest of the community, make sure everyone is recovering and having a good time. But I just wanted to formally invite you to come and join us we have a two-week free trial so you can even come and see for yourself if this is the support network for you we would love to see you in there just head to the hasociety.com a community for women with ha or who are newly recovered from ha and want to optimize their cycles and get their period back in a judgment free zone where however you are approaching recovery is totally okay with us 
So hopefully we'll see you in there. That's thehasociety.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the HA podcast. I'm here with Ashley Smith. What is this, your third episode? I think so, either three or four. Either way, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, she is the my co, co-coach, co-host of the HA Society. When you do a 15-minute consult with me, I decide if you get coached by me or if you get coached by Ashley. And we have different skill sets, but we have similar perspectives. So it's always yes. a fun <laughs> conversation. And yeah, shit, welcome to the show. Super excited. What are we talking about today? Yeah. So we basically, if I think of ideas, sometimes I just text them to her and I'm like, (laughs) wait, do you want to talk about this? We need to talk (laughs) about this. We need to do an event on this. We need to do a community call on this. Uh, And I really wanted to dive into like being anxious around Mm -hmm. HA recovery and just, uh, I don't know, like maybe bring it to your attention if this is you or you have these tendencies and like just refocus people on, I guess, a good mental strategy almost for approaching recovery and things to keep an eye out for that might be less helpful. Yeah. Or even if you're in this season of anxiety of uh, getting your cycle, because I think we all kind of walk through this, um, this like season in our journey about (laughs) getting our period and just getting really, really anxious and hyper-focused on certain things. Um, so if you're in this, you're not alone. We've definitely gone through it. Um, and yeah, so that should be comforting in itself that you're not crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. So the reason this came up was because we see more and more like people submit Q&A questions or we just see people having a moment in the HA Society group or clients asking these questions and you start to notice like these things come up in people who are having a more anxious time (laughs) yes I would say that it's kind of um again like all these thoughts come to us and we all get them but there is um certain types of people who who may get stuck like wrestling with these thoughts like and not allowing them to pass and really like ruminating on them like ruminating on anxious thoughts rather than like positive recovery thoughts and not to sound all woo woo but if that is what we're spending most of our time focusing on then it's going to take up all of our mental space our emotional space you know Mm -hmm. and and those are limited we tend to think that it's like an infinite amount and we can you know but Like those are areas that we need to be really mindful of and like protect actually. Yes, we do. You only have so much energy that you can apply to recovery or anything in your day. So it's like, where are you going to choose to spend your energy? And what we've noticed is that sometimes we can get caught up in like the research, the, the new and shiny thing, the soy isoflavins, the Clomid. Hey, should I try taking letrozole to to spike ovulation? Should I, uh, I don't know, what else do we get? Who's tried vitamin something to get their period back? Definitely. And so you like, we say this with love because like we were there too. I remember that if I saw a new article about 
it's zinc. It's zinc is that's it. That's the thing I'm missing. I'm going to focus all my energy on eating foods with zinc, making sure I take zinc. Oh, and maybe I'll just add some vitamin B while I'm at it. Just all no, I've, I've heard flax seeds going to be great. So I'll add that in. Yeah. So you're like, I got to make sure that that goes on my oatmeal. I'm going to put it in my smoothie. And so while all these things are important, like that is like not what we're saying. They're absolutely important, but it is likely not the only thing that is keeping your period from coming. And um, just kind of one thing that I like to think about is not so much the symptom of us. So I would say that the symptom is anxiety, right? Um, and so if we only dress anxiety over and over and over again, then we're just going to keep putting out fires every single time, right? But, but rather, where is this anxiety stemming from? And I think whenever we become hyper-focused on something um, to a point where it is consuming us, um, it tends to be a way of avoiding the very thing that we know we need to do in order to recover. So I actually um, walk my clients through this as of, okay, yes, I hear that you're having anxiety, but what are we avoiding you know, cause I really do think that this is a form of avoidance. Oh yeah. We're avoiding the big rocks, right? So the, we all talk about the main factors that have been shown to be associated with HA, which is an energy deficit, which is over-exercising, under-eating, high amount of stress and combining all of those together and giving those up can be scary and so we avoid them by looking at all of the other areas that we could try like supplementation and meditation and all of that kind of stuff that is helpful and is the small rocks that you can start to work on once you've dialed in the fact like that you're over exercising and under eating that's one of the biggest if not the biggest theme that I see in people oh definitely just as you were talking like there's not you're never going to have enough small rocks to fill the gap of a big rock. No. Yeah. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And I think sometimes we look to these things or we get very obsessive about certain parts of recovery because we're like, if I just do this really, really well, I won't have to address that big rock. So if I'm just really good at taking my supplements, or if I find the, that, that correct supplement, then that means I won't have to eat enough that that I know that I need to eat in order to gain the weight that I know that I need to gain. So again, it's again, we're putting all of our energy and pouring in all these small rocks when it's never going to fill that gap. You know what I mean? But once once we fill the gap with the appropriate big rocks and then throw in those little ones, yes, that is whenever we do see recovery happen, but it's not because of that last small rock. Yeah. Never. Mm -hmm. I think that it's really, it can really hold us back to be in that space of avoidance. And that's why we want to talk about this today, right? Because we want to get you to just see, is this you? Is it a little bit in some areas? So when, when you have a client, for example, who's doing this, like what's some of the the behaviors or telltale signs that you see when you, when they're um, avoiding the, the fundamentals. 
Yes. So this can be as blank as saying, Hey, I actually just don't want to talk about recovery right now, which I'm totally open to. Like it is okay. Not sometimes, um, as doers, because HA people are super focused on doing things, getting things done. We're very productive. We're very effective. We're very goal-driven. So we kind of approach recovery the same way, which is great until we meet resistance. And then we're like, I don't like how I feel because I want to do something, but I don't want to recover. So it's like, let's talk about something else, which is totally okay. So sometimes there's this open, like, I just want to avoid it. Or um, it is like, hey, so I read about this. I saw this. I read about this. I think this could be me. And I do think that there's some merit to it because I know that I went through five years of that, of trying everything under the sun until I literally had tried every supplement, everything that anyone ever suggested. And then I was stuck at the truth of I've done everything, but allow myself to gain weight and reduce my exercise. So I do think it's helpful and it's definitely part of the journey. Um, but so you're like, I'll see that, or I'll see, um, one thing is a refusing to put a timeline on their specific habits and behaviors meaning I'm going to keep doing this because I truly believe my period will come back, even though it's been 10 years, 15 years, you know what I mean? Five years. Right. And I'm just like, okay, like, like we can definitely go down this path. But at this point, if nothing about what we're doing is producing progress, how much longer do you want to sit in that space? You know? So I think it's kind of one of those things where yes, we want to have hope like during this whole process. Yes. We want to like, um, be positive, but I think there can also be this place of going back into denial of like, I'm just going to wish my period to come. And I do think that positive thinking has a place. Like I actually think it's much bigger than we all realize, but, um, I think if we're using positive thinking to justify not taking the actions that we know that we need to do, then it's just really harmful avoidance. Yeah. I especially like the bringing up of those of us who have been trying the same thing for a long time, convinced that at some point it will work. I I did that. I remember that. Um, yeah, patience will end. Like I, I, well, I need to wait and see, like I need to give it time to see if it's going to work. And that is, that makes sense. And, you know, we'll do that with clients. We'll be like, let's see how this goes for a month and then, then we'll make a change. But I mean, after two, three, four months of no progress, can you, can you look up at the truth <laughs> and try something new that's not getting further down the same rabbit hole that you were in if that makes sense we need to like actually pivot it's not necessarily try the next supplement you know those things really do work so my experience was i tried doing the the small rock things first and it didn't work I pivoted. I did the big rocks. It wasn't, it still wasn't working as well. Although I was seeing progress, like I've got one period, but then, you know, the next one like didn't come and all of that stuff. And then when I combined the two and brought in some, 
of the smaller things I could try, like certain supplementation after getting tests for what I'm specifically deficient in and, um, you know, actively making changes in my stress. So I stopped working on Sundays, like little things like that. Then I started to see progress. So it is important to combine the both. And it's important to notice when you're focusing on things that are allowing you to avoid the part that's scary to you, which is facing the actual weight gain and the actual reduction in exercise. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's where, so if you're listening to this and you're like, how do I know if I'm appropriately focused or how do I know if I am um, obsessing? I think we can sit here and be like, am I willing to do both? Kind of like what you said, am I willing to allow myself to gain weight and take the supplement? Or am I sitting here giving myself an, like an ultimatum of like, actually, I'm only going to take the supplement. So I think that's one way that we can do like a self-check if, of, is this me passionately pursuing recovery or is this me, um, and pure avoidance is, am I willing to do both? And I, and again, just like anything else, like I'm going to eat more and then take Sundays off, right? Like just taking Sundays off was not going to do it for you specifically, but I'm sure that there's someone out there that was like, and then I took Sundays off and then my period came back and then everything was great. And so we read that we're like, that's the answer. I, I just only need to take Sundays off. And, but, but it's really like, we don't know where that person was specifically at with everything else. Like, did they allow themselves to gain the amount of body fat that they needed to gain and then took Sundays off to manage the stress part? And I also think it's kind of one of those things that we can get obsessed about one area of recovery, meaning Mm -hmm. like we can get obsessed with, I'm only going to address my physical uh, part of HA. I'm only going to address the mental, or I'm only going to address the food or, you know, like emotional, instead of realizing that one as humans, it's so interconnected that to separate it would be like, as if we were like a robot and just pull out one part of our brain, right? Like, that's just not how we're wired. That's not how our body communicates. It's not how it works together. So I think also one sign that we are obsessively focused on something is, are we only willing to address one part of recovery. Yeah. And this manifests in people saying, I'm, I really think it's just stress. My BMI is totally normal. I'm already eating, um, you know, the recommended calories. It's just stress for me when, you know, they're missing the, the point that potentially your BMI needs to be higher or potentially for you, your calories need to be higher. And it's actually, you know, not just the stress and and you should get to ignore the rest. Like when I went into recovery, I, I started with the quote unquote normal BMI that people usually recover at. So that put me in, you know, a bit of a denial of like, I don't need to gain weight. I only need to, you know, reduce my exercise a bit. Oh, that was definitely me. I definitely started off my entire journey that way. I was like, there's nothing to do with food. This has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with the amount of calories because I had always seen, oh, only, you know, 
certain amount of number of calories could you lose your period or it could be unhealthy. And I was well above that. So I was like, there's no way, or there has nothing to do with the foods that I've excluded because of my uh, food intolerances, which did get better when I recovered. So that's just ironic in general. Um, You know what I mean? But I was so unwilling to compromise that I think I spent probably two years only allowing myself to focus on fairly reducing exercise. And I, I can say this on the other side of like, it was like, it was extreme resistance. Cause I was like, you're right. Instead of working out two hours, I'll work out for an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Like, or I just won't try as hard during CrossFit class. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so I spent two years only allowing myself to focus on one aspect of my, um, of like my overall health. Yeah. And just to keep hopping on, on this point, right. There's nothing wrong that you tried that method of like, I'll, I'll reduce just a little bit and I'll not work out as hard, but you have to be willing to face the, the idea that maybe it didn't work and you need to do even less. Oh, definitely. Like I actually prefer to coach people in a methodical way where we're like, okay, let's just make the one tweak so that we can yeah. then measure. Right. But it, But if I, yes, I could hide behind that reasoning, but the truth was I was not even at a place where I was willing to negotiate or change anything about my food Mm -hmm. or, or even at a place where I was willing to accept that body fat was absolutely needed and had to happen in order to recover. I was at a place where I was only willing to accept that I was willing to make changes to my exercise in a small way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which led to me being obsessive a hundred percent. Like I was absolutely obsessive about like certain things because I wouldn't allow myself to address the whole picture. Do you ever feel like this whole HA thing is extremely lonely? Well, that is because it can be, but it does not have to be. When I was going through HA, I spent ages and ages combing through the internet looking for information resources and just people who I could relate to about HA and it really slowed down my progress and made my progress take a while because I was having a hard time connecting the dots and trusting that I really needed to make changes and heal my reproductive health I definitely wish this podcast existed back then but it did not and I honestly feel like well, felt like, sorry, not feel like, that I didn't even work out that much. Like, I was not that small. And, like, I didn't actually fit the bill for someone who, quote-unquote, should have this type of problem. And after a few years of healing, research, and experiencing almost every single up and down that you could possibly experience, at least that's how it felt, it was clear to me Um, that my next step to kind of give back and to change the just the challenges that are in our way with HA is to the time is to the time is here to create a space for women who are in this same boat a place for women to go to who are experiencing exactly what I experienced and so today that place is called the HA Society And the idea for the HA Society was to be more than just another Facebook group, 
I wanted to create a place with actual interaction that has face-to-face calls, that has a one-on-one coaching for everyone inside if they need it, and a place where the experts and practitioners come to you, not the other way around, you Googling everything and you know, listening to a million quadrillion different podcasts trying to find answers, I wanted somewhere where the answers are going to come to you. And with that, (laughs) the AJ Society is open today. Woo! We actually open once a month on the new moon and only for a few days. So make sure that you get in quick before it closes. We close each month so that myself and co-coach Ashley can focus wholeheartedly on the group for the remaining three and a half weeks that the group is closed for so make sure you don't miss your chance to come on in and when you're when you join you'll be greeted by yours truly and you'll be able to start registering for upcoming events all of which are included in your membership and all of the community calls and you can dive into the replays of the past community calls which is kind of like getting a whole bunch of extra podcast episodes to listen to and you get to binge the early access episodes of the ha podcast that are not out yet as well We also have a resource library that I started back in April, and in there you'll find information about HA, mindset, and tutorials on things like fertility awareness tracking for HAs, just to name a few. We're always adding to it. So what you're waiting for? The HA Society is open right now and ready for you to dive into the content, chat one-on-one with me as much as you would like, and most of all, start making connections feeling the support and the love and getting back, getting that period back on track. Whether you're in HA right now or you've had your first few periods and you want to get things optimized, this society, this group of women are for you and they're cheering you on the whole way. It's really, really amazing community in there and I cannot wait for you to come on in and meet everyone and make some serious progress. So, Go to theajsociety.com to sign up or the link is here in the show notes and I'll see you guys on the other side. The other part of this, right, is let's talk about um, the piece that gets in our way of how strong of our identity can be behind being the fit girl or working in the fitness industry or whatever it is for us and how that can also be a tool for avoidance. It's um for me, it was like, I literally work in the nutrition industry where people are losing weight and have six pack abs everywhere. And I feel really self-conscious about not also being that way. And what does it mean if I'm not like that? And I was, you know, training as a weightlifter at the same time. And I wanted to look like an athlete. So, you know, it was really affecting every part of my identity at that point. So that was a a easy tool for me to be like, it's not wise for me to try and recover with weight gain. Yeah. Well, I hid behind that too, because I was definitely in the same boat and I was like nobody's going to so this is I mean and this goes deep and I had to really do some like sitting with this of I was trying to earn my validation through my body meaning that like if I look a certain way then that means I am credible right then people will listen to me people will then um want to 
like I will attract more clients this way. Right. So as unfortunately, part of that is true, right? That is how Instagram works, unfortunately. Right. Um, but I also had to realize that that was something that I was choosing to also let define me. Right. That even though it was true, that does not mean that I have to invite that into my life. So it was, but it was definitely something that kept me um, in avoidance, in denial, and obsessive about everything but the appropriate things was because I was trying to justify and validate my worth um, as a nutrition coach. Yeah, it's a huge piece of our what it's almost like it's almost like our worth and having that validated is the core the root cause of our avoidance of this like if you dive fully in to recovery and do it the way that you know inside you need to do where you know that's that's totally rocking your self-worth that that's that's actively choosing to (laughs) be worth less of of something you know in our minds so it's there's no shame it makes perfect sense that it's a terrifying thing to do oh definitely well think about how much uh just in general like everybody that we know is either trying to find the worth, trying to validate their worth, trying to feel worthy. So like, this isn't like something like, like, I can't believe that you're struggling with this. Every human has to grapple with this. Mm. Every human has to grapple with it, but not every human chooses to do the work. Right. However, those with HA, you are almost forced to do this work if you want to recover. So most of the resistance and the, and, and the obsessiveness is a way to avoid doing this type of work. And because it is hard and it is tough and you're just kind of like, well, why do I have to work on this? Like someone so doesn't have to work on this, you know? And so again, it's just like one of those things of everybody will have to you know, at some point in their life, yours is just now in order to get your period back. Yeah. That brought up two things for me. One of them being, are you also allowing how other people act or how they got their period back to allow you to also avoid changes because like they didn't have to do that. So maybe I don't have to. And uh, have you ever seeing someone who said like, I got my period back with exercise still. And then even if that person has said, but I worked with a professional, I increased my calories to like 4,000 a day. I did all these things. Are you, are you still just like focusing on the piece that says I got my period back with exercise and, you know, asking them, well, what exercise did you do and how much of it did you do? (laughs) If that makes sense. Yeah, no, there's like, there's, I'm pretty sure there's like a professional term for it. It's like, I don't know, not that uh, I'm not even going to try, but once I figure it out, I'm going to text you, but it's absolutely looking for the evidence to validate your point of view, even if it's not even like actually applies to you. Right. Meaning 
I'm not hearing that I have to potentially eat 4,000 calories. I'm only hearing that you recovered while exercising. And so therefore it justifies my uh, wants, needs, and denial. So I'm going to take that and run with it, right? We're very good about almost cherry picking the evidence that we need in order to like validate that our avoidance is okay. Oh yeah. Cherry picking is the word. Cherry picking is the word. Yeah. I hope no, I hope no one feels attacked. <laughs> There's definitely people <laughs> listening. They're like, I'm being attacked. <laughs> but you know what the thing is, is that like, no, like, well join the club because that was us too. <laughs> right. I mean, like, like we all had to go through this. You had to go through this. I had to go through this. Anyone that's covered, like recovered, um, they have to go through this. Like, I'm sure like we could interview any one of our clients and they're like, yes, we're going through this, you know? Um, but it's also the missing piece. So it's one of those things of, again, everybody grapples with it. Your time is just now and it's okay yeah. <laughs> that it's not fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what can we do to get out of this loop? that we kind of get stuck in. So like you say a lot, I really um, enjoy whenever we ask somebody, right? What do you think may need to change? Because intuitively, like we kind of know because it's the very areas that we avoid. I think if you find yourself ever justifying something, it is a huge indicator that that is likely the very area that we need to address. And I know that sounds so simple, but if you listen to anybody talk or explain their HA journey, they will start justifying certain things. And it is those justifications that is actually going against your, what you're trying to do is like justify your actions against your natural intuition of what you actually need to do to recover or else you wouldn't be justifying it. Right. You just be like, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah. I like it. I like it. When. I have someone grappling with it. I, it's probably one of the harder things for me to deal with because I so much want to just kind of like put in front of you, Hey, I think that you're avoiding this. And, and sometimes I think that that's helpful for a lot of people. And sometimes that it's there, they might not be. They might not be ready. Yeah. So one of the things is if uh, you can get your client to say it for themselves, because it almost makes no sense for it to be me to be the person that points out the needs that they need to change, right? Because they may not be receptive, like they may not be in a place where they can receive that, but they may be more likely to agree, not so much like receive it, but agree that this is an area that I need to work on if they come up with those answers themselves. And it takes a lot of patience on the coaching end, right? Because it's like, we know the answer, but it doesn't matter that we know the answer. They need to know the answer. Yeah. They need to understand it fundamentally. So it's kind of, you, can, you let people go through that, um, through that experience of wanting to try this and that and try this and that and you're also there ideally you have someone in your ear right helping you a little bit you're also there just being like but we should try this for x amount of time and 
you know, we should assess, is this working? And of course, ask questions too. So I like to ask, you know, well, why do you think this could be helpful? You already tried this. Like, why do you think that this will be different? Like out of a place of curiosity? Oh, definitely. I think um, during this whole process, the only way to make it out is to stay curious. As long as you stay curious, then like you allow yourself to ask those questions. You allow yourself to go down those rabbit holes. You allow yourself to really um, disprove things or, you know, disprove core lies that you've been fixating on. But the moment that we start assessing and being judgmental, we shut down learning, right? We shut down the safe zone of trying things out saying, hey, I think I was wrong, you know, um, or hey, I did try it. It's not working. Okay. I know I need to go back to this. Staying curious is vital, like, because you're not going to make it if you can, with like judgment of yourself every step of the way. Um, mentally or physically, right? If I'm constantly judging my own body rather than being like, all right, this is, I'm going to stay curious about how I feel about my body and this, you know, stage of my life, how, you know, these certain clothes fit, you know, how, how I relate to myself, how I relate to others. But if I'm constantly judging myself, then it's like, how could you possibly move forward? Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Definitely tough. A hundred percent. Again, like this is not always going to be a cakewalk, but again, think about like, these are the same things that someone's going to have to grapple with whenever they um, really come to terms with their worth, right? Like, or finding their worth or finding their purpose, finding their identity. Like, again, like these are those, those like deep questions that like you still have to kind of go down as well. And think about people obsess about work in order to avoid um their worth their identity you know yeah yeah so if you're feeling resistance to this you're not the only one you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. yeah I do like is I do wonder and I'm curious if anyone listening is feeling a little bit like triggered (laughs) like but but I can do this And we're definitely a place where we're open to there being more than one way to approach your recovery and having an individualized approach is really important. And that's why we have like the nutritional assessment blog post and episode just to like help people walk through that aspect and figure out what could be missing for them and all of those little pieces. But I think that the moral of the story that we're trying to tell you here is that you cannot, as Ashley says, out supplement HA. You cannot out meditate it, out de stress it. If you are finding yourself having, you know, a day like eating the amount of food that you know you probably should be eating every second day and struggling to do it the next day, either mentally or physically. You know, all of those little things, I think that, you know, you know, that you just need to be aware. Oh, definitely. And I just a disclaimer, like we say all this in love and with a safe Mm -hmm. place to like explore this with no judgment. Right. So I think that's the other thing is that like, 
yeah, like these like these questions and this train of thought can feel very much like stamp paper you're like okay I'm like feeling a little raw yeah everywhere. it feels like we're calling people out yeah but like we also provide a safe place for people to like go down these rabbit holes and like gently guide and not be like and then it's because you don't know your worth like, you know what I mean like that's just not <laughs> that's just not where we're at you know so I think it's so which brings me up to it's it's very important that whenever you do start to go down this, that you do have a safe place of accountability or and even a positive place of accountability. Accountability yeah. doesn't have to be so raw and in your face. Um, it just has to be very truthful and in love. That's a good point. Yeah. Like when I personally think of accountability, mm-hmm. I think, um, oh, you know, I have to do the plan or else you know, so-and-so person is going to be like, tisk, 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 you didn't do the plan. And that's not at all what it's, what it is. It's just, I think for us, accountability is more a place to come and be like, Hey, I tried this. This is what I think. What do you think? And get that second opinion and that second perspective from someone who isn't you, who isn't biased and, has honestly just got your best interests at heart because funnily enough we sometimes have like our least interest at heart (laughs) of our own you know it's like uh it's so much easier to give advice to people that are not us and it's really hard to get it um I mean it's, it's much easier to get it from an unbiased third party who isn't a family member or someone who like doesn't get it. I think that's what accountability really should be in this space. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think it's like, I think you also have to find um, your group of people or a specific coach to where whenever they communicate these truths to you it is like done in a way that you are able to receive or even whenever you're ready to to receive and sometimes I think that there is this place of hey I actually can't do this for you but I'm here to wait with you and guide you until you can mm-hmm. yeah that makes me think of like us for <laughs> this is probably not even necessary for everyone to know but for us, it can be hard to see clients struggling and you sort of, you get off a call with them and you're just like, you know, I really hope that this week they have some wins and, you know, maybe that week they don't because it's a slow process and it's hard to not take it on personally in a way, like a as a, as a personal failure, or like, I need to figure out what this person needs to succeed. But yeah. kind of only the person can really do that. And so we might, we might even see what they need to succeed, but they're having a hard time doing it for whatever reason. And it can be hard for, it can be hard to like disconnect and, and not be thinking about them <laughs> halfway through the week and be like, Oh, like, well, Oh, I should check in. Like, what can I do? How, how can I like make this better? But they kind of need to, you kind of need to let them just do it. Well, I think it's the difference between, am I here to enable my client or am I here to 
empower them and empower. And so one thing that Brene Brown, because you know, Brene Brown, she's always talking about how hope comes from struggle. Like, like, you know, like, am I going to take away this struggle from you? Well, then how are you going to develop hope out of this? Right now, you know, obviously like you can be there in the struggle with somebody and support them and allow them to develop hope from that. But if, and, but it just comes down to, I cannot force you to eat more. I can only help you see and work through the obstacles that are going to allow you to allow yourself to eat more. Yeah. Mm, It's complicated. It's deep. (laughs) It is deep. Yeah. So hopefully this was helpful. Um, episode for you guys just to kind of check back in with where your priorities at is there anything you're avoiding do you want to check in on that Um, we're here for a chat come find us on instagram or something but you can also come hang out with us directly and work through those things today the ha society is open for enrollment so we are open for the next three days come on in, grab your spot. Ashley's in there. I'm in there. You can DM us in there anytime for just like advice, help, coaching as you need. Or you can even look into meeting up with us either weekly or bi-weekly. We do coaching either way and we'll have a meeting with you. We'll set a plan. We'll check in. We'll talk about all these things that we're talking about and just kind of help you move past the roadblocks that are getting in the way of doing the thing you need to do to get the period what do you think about that <laughs> cool come check it out at the hasociety.com yeah oh and there's a two-week free trial so that's fun so you can come in for two weeks try it out if you love it stay if you don't love it don't stay but i think that you will And we have a community call, like what, twice a week. So there's always one that you can join in on. We can't wait to meet you. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.